0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Well, hello and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 276 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing life lessons learned in the garden. Now, for the non-gardeners out there, I know what you're thinking. You are thinking, oh, heck no, this is not the show for me. I am not interested in a show about gardening. Well, I have to say right off the bat, this is not an episode about gardening. It is a conversation about living. And more specifically, it's a conversation about living well. So stay with me. There is something for everyone today. And that's because every moment of every day offers the opportunity for reflection and introspection and learning. Today I am speaking with author and motivational speaker Marcus Bridgewater, a.k.a. the super popular Garden Marcus on social media. Marcus has a new book out. It just dropped last week. It is called How to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself, and he's on the show today to offer up the life wisdom. Not the gardening wisdom, not the how to grow a basil plant. No, no, no. He's offering up the life wisdom he has accumulated while caring for his nearly 700 plants. Marcus, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Tell us, for anybody who's not yet acquainted with you, who you are, what do you do, and just for fun, tell us one fact about you that you do not traditionally share on social media.
1: I am Marcus Bridgewater, also known as Garden Marcus. I'm a plant enthusiast, but uh, I like to really consider myself a motivator and someone who's trying to inspire people to be their best selves. A fun fact about me that people wouldn't know I like to read with book stands. And before I was reading with my book stands, I used to enjoy reading with a couple large rocks on the books. That would be a fun fact. I don't think many people knew.
0: I'm very interested in getting to know your backstory, how you found yourself interested in growing things, because your platform is definitely a how to grow stuff for sure, but it's more than that. It goes far beyond that. I've heard you likened to the Bob Ross of the gardening world. So how did you find yourself interested in growing things? And then Beyond that, is where did the connection between plants being quite similar to humans and gardening being quite similar to living?
1: I grew up in the country. I grew up out in central Florida, out by the cornfields and the orange groves. And I had access to nature as a young man. When I got older, the hustle and bustle of the world got in the way of that. And so those early memories I had of my grandma's garden started to come back to me more often. And I would go and travel to parks and I enjoy nature. So I would go on hikes and do outdoorsy types things. When I bought my first house after I was brought to Texas to be a teacher and administrator, I was gifted 16 plants from my oldest friend's mom. And that really rekindled like the spark to nature in a way, because here it is. I have my first house. I have my yard. I've got these plants. But within the first couple months, I killed more than half of those plants. And I was desperate to keep the other plants alive. And it just so happens that In that same trajectory of life, someone said, Hey, there are a lot of plants for sale right now, discounted at different department stores. So I went about trying to accumulate as many plants as I could that were basically being thrown away. And I got hundreds and I put them all over the house. And that process started to teach me more and more. Although I didn't know the names of all of these plants, I was starting to learn. Consistencies within the different plants, I realized that there was so much intricacy into the growth of the plant, but I couldn't make the plant grow. I had to really provide the plant with tools it needed to grow its water, its soil, and a quality environment. But the plant itself had to do the work to grow. So as I started to really digest that, it reminded me of myself reminded me of my students. I can't force anyone to do anything. I can't force anyone to be anything. But if I create a community and an environment where those things are what we nurture, guess what? Anyone who comes into contact with my community and my environment and spends time there is likely to feel... That nurturing and it's likely to show the byproducts of that nurturing. And I started to see more and more parallels between plant life and human life jump out at me. And the more I spent time at work and the more work was demanding, the more I needed the garden to re energize myself and to maintain my balance.
0: You used the word epiphanies there. And that is what makes your platform and your presence. Heads and shoulders above all the other gardening content out there on the interweb. You relate gardening to living, to life. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And by the way, before we get there, I just have to ask you, you went to stores, You bought heavily discounted plants and you didn't just buy 10, you (laughs) bought hundreds. Is that for real? (laughs)
1: Yes, that's for real. So they were being discounted by 75% and then they were being discounted by another 50% off of the 75%. It was an insane time.
0: All right. So if it's okay with you, we're going to hop into some of the life lessons that you have learned in growing things that- you can perhaps today impart onto my listeners. So the first life lesson I want to talk to you about today is all about slowing down. I've heard you say before that gardening is a lesson in the importance of slowing down and being patient. Tell me about that.
1: I have roughly 250 plants inside now and something like 700 plants outside. And as I go about tending to the plants, I need to make sure that I am engaging with each plant, with each area, with each planter. In order to do that, I need to be very deliberate about what I'm doing. And so I want to make sure that I am going over patiently. And so that doesn't mean that I want to belabor the point or I want to spend five minutes on each plant, but I need to make sure that I stop and look for nuances in each plant. Look for the growth in each plant. Look for the changes in each plant. Is there a yellowing leaf? Is this leaf a sign of growth or is this leaf a sign of decay? And as I do that, I am engaging and I'm slowing down. I'm really absorbing in a way that's super healthy and also beneficial so many ways to my well-being. And so the garden promotes that because if I go about things impatiently, I lose plants. I start treating every plant as if they're the same. I don't look at the nuances. I water plants that don't need to be watered. I don't water the plants that do. If I go into my garden and I am not practicing uh, the patience and the observation, the awareness, then I'm likely to literally destroy my garden before it has a chance to grow.
0: Yes. When we talk about slowing down in gardening, I think about, I have nowhere the amount of plants you do. Does anybody on earth have as many plants as you do? I don't know. But when I think about my indoor house plants, how often do I just pour some water in and then walk away and go on with my day? How often do I stop, slow down and enjoy the act really of providing an essential nutrient to to my plants. And so applying that as a metaphor for life, slowing down, not just when we're watering our plants, but when we're doing all other daily tasks. Related to that is the importance of awareness and observation. I've heard you say before, and I've read in your book that you've learned through the process of growing things that it's all about First of all, observing, but also having an awareness of what's going on inside you. Tell me more. You
1: may be in an environment that you are unhealthy in and you're not growing. But if you have not slowed down long enough to see what it is that's going on, you can't address the problem. And equally so, if you are not conscious of yourself, of your mind, your body, your spirit. If you are not in in touch with yourself, it doesn't matter what you try to do. You're likely to not do something good for you because you haven't actually stopped to listen to yourself. So the awareness of oneself is equally as important as the awareness of the things around you. So I, I say that in some ways about the way I walk through the garden. If I'm walking through the garden and I'm only conscious of where the plants are, that's great. But if I don't know where I am, I'm still likely to injure myself or hurt something in the garden. So I need to be conscious of myself and my surroundings. Both are equally important. And so awareness of oneself, I think, often is overlooked because it's so easy to see outward. That's how we observe the world. To observe inward, we have to stop, pause, take a moment, and really feel ourselves. And the awareness and the ability to observe oneself, I think, takes practice. And again, I think the garden is a great tool for that because the more you observe the plants, the more you observe the roots, the stem, and the leaves of the plants, the easier it is to address the varying parts of yourself, your mind, your body, your spirit, and also recognize that they are all intricately connected because where the roots stop and the stem begins and the leaves start is not always easily definable.
0: I love that. You just mentioned roots there. So let's go there. I've heard you discuss rerouting and giving yourself room to grow as a means of maximizing potential. How on earth does that repotting a plant, let's say, <laughs> how on earth does repotting a plant translate into humanity?
1: When you observe a plant, and we'll, we'll imagine a four-inch plant for the sake of this exercise, if you are holding it in your hand and you're doing a time-lapse of two years, and in those two years, it's healthy. And it is got the optimal conditions and fertilizer, all the things it needs. And as you have it in your hand and it's doing its growth, if you were able to take away the planter and look at the plant as a whole, you would see that for everything happening on the top, there's also a lot happening below the surface. And the expansion below the surface, those roots expanding and spiraling on themselves and connecting, represent. Our hobbies, our habits, and our routines, they represent the things in our lives that we have begun to settle into. And so over time, if the roots aren't nurtured, what happens is there becomes more root than there is soil. So there's not really anything to pull inspiration, to pull nutrients from. So the plant needs to be transplanted into something larger just so that it has more to pull from. Or the leaves and the expenditure of energy needs to be cut back. But you can't have both. You can't have expansion without addressing what's happening below the surface and expect there not to be problems. And again, the same is to be said with us as people. As we live in any one space and we're growing in ourselves, we're accumulating things, we're accumulating more connections, more relationships, fostering more bonds with people in our community. We have more to maintenance. We have more things to keep up with. And oftentimes we find that if we have too many things, say our tree has expanded a bunch and now we have some children, often our house is too small for what we started on. We need to expand into something bigger so that everyone can stretch out and really begin to grow.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about the process of repotting a plant, right? Like it takes some work, right? You got to find the bigger pot, you got to prepare the soil, but you're doing it for the benefit of the plant, because the plant is growing. It's literally growing. But when we talk about humans, we are mentally, emotionally, spiritually growing each and every day. And so to stay in our same pot, so to speak, to continuously do the same things we've always done, despite knowing that we're continuously growing for stunting our growth. So do you have any words to say on that?
1: What I would say about that is, it requires two things that I think we, we don't necessarily encourage in our society today. It requires one, challenging yourself. So you think about when a plant is repotted, it goes through shock in a way. It has to now establish a new routine in its new home. It has work to do now because it's expanding. It was easy to do what it was doing before it had gotten used to it. And so, to repot is to challenge. So that's one thing. We don't necessarily encourage challenge the same way we may have. On the second end of that is patience, which we were talking about earlier. When you repot, the plant is going to take the time it needs. Often we as people want the plant to immediately transition and be well, but the plant may take a year to transition and be well. And so the same is to be said about us as we go through our transitions of expansion. Often we want the expansion or the transition we've gone through in our lives to reap rewards immediately, but that's not often how it works. Many times we need to be patient with the transition and we need to be conscious of what is happening and be observant of what we're putting energy into in the transition, because again, things are going to be different than what they used to be. And we need to be trying to find what will work now so that we can grow in these conditions.
0: So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow... Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. We have to get on to my absolute favorite life lesson I have learned from you, which has to do with, and I'm hoping you could tell the story. It has to do with your star fruit tree and its abundance of fruit. So tell me all about it.
1: So the tree is, I think it's over 25, 30 years old. And it has grown more than 25 to 30 feet tall and let's say 15 feet wide. It is enormous. So much so that one entire branch fell off from the weight of its own fruit. And it was during a time where there wasn't many people coming home. There wasn't a lot of traveling going on. We also weren't seeing one another because of all the things that were going on in the last couple of years. So there had not been the same kind of sharing of the fruit and the weight of that fruit broke the branch of the tree. And the lesson that I took from that was that if we have success and we have reward, but we don't share it, it's likely to cripple us. Life is about sharing the fruits of your success. And there is something to be said about the fact that fruit that falls to the ground is shared with the environment and can sweeten the tree. But the same idea can be met with problems if the fruit isn't shared before the tree rots. So there's a balance there. So you can leave some fruit there to sweeten the tree, but you end up losing a ton if you don't share as nature intended.
0: Yes. I think about so many successful people in this world. They If they are like the tree, let's say the tree, the person may be saying, I don't need to share. I did all the hard work to grow these fruit. Do you know how much effort it took to create this fruit? But it's a crippling effect because if you have too much successes and you're not (laughs) sharing that success, you may very likely lose a branch. Am I getting that right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. If not more and wind up infecting your roots. Right. Because that same branch that you drop down could not end up sweetening your tree, It could end up creating a fungus or mold in your roots. And so it's so important to keep in mind that all things work in an ecosystem, all things work in a relationship and in a community. So if you have the fruit fall to the ground, but then you deny all the plants and the animals to also eat from the fruit because you've decided to make the fruit toxic, then you just only hurt yourself.
0: What I'm hearing from you today, Marcus, is that there's an awful lot of lessons that we can learn or perhaps relearn if we've forgotten from nature. And so that brings me to my most important question for you today. How, in your opinion, can each of us listening foster an environment for growth in our own life?
1: Wow. That's a really good question. The way we foster Growth in our own life is to make sure that we are taking care of our mind, our body, and our spirit. Our mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness are critically important to our well being. And the more we appreciate that and accept it, acknowledge it, the better off we will be in general. One of the ways we can do those things is by some simple techniques that I tell people all the time. For our mind, we can journal and make sure that we're keeping track of the lessons we learn every day because oftentimes in the tidal wave of negativity, it's easy to forget the lesson you learned yesterday. So journal your lessons so that you have more and more access to peace when you need it. Exercise and make sure that you are doing something to engage your body with the planet and with your breathing. So that's breathing exercises or simply going into the garden and taking deep breaths, maybe going on a nature walk, going to a nature preserve, going to a park, going somewhere that there is a tree and taking a moment to appreciate the effort that was put into the physical form of and, a, and the accomplishment of going through tasks. So, do that for your body. It has a really incredible energizing effect. And then, last but not least, have conversation with people. Find a loved one, find a friend. Make sure that you are engaging with your community. Find someone who's older than you, an elderly person. Go to a no- nursing home or go somewhere where you can have a quality conversation. These things do wonders for our mind, our body, and our spirit. And when we do that, we really make it easier to see what we can do to our environment to foster the well-being of others. But I think that a lot of that starts with us and making sure that we are in a place to be observant, to be aware, to be kind, patient, and positive.
0: I love your answer, and I just want to add a little antidote, let's say, for my own life, and that is to make sure you're fostering and supporting and growing all three aspects equally. I know in my own life, I tend to focus on just one of those three, and then the other two fall to the wayside, but this is a show about balance and intentionality, and so when we're giving Equal time and equal measure to all of them. That's where and when growth really flourishes. I,
1: absolutely. One of the one of the things I bring up in the book is progress versus maintenance. So I, I have a list of dichotomies that have created in the philosophy of my life over my lifetime, and one of the big ones is progress versus maintenance. The idea being that you cannot make progress until you've maintained all the things that are at hand. And any time that you have made the idea of progress without maintenancing, then you've actually been counterproductive and it's going to cost you and it will cost you big usually the further out you go before you've maintenance. So make sure that at any given moment you are working on your mind, your body, your spirit, because they are the things we must maintenance at all times in order for us to make any progress in our lives. Yes.
0: You mentioned your book there. Tell us about your new book. It is called How to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself. Tell us about it and tell us where we can find it.
1: The book is a self-help book written through the lens of the garden. We go over mind, body, spirit, mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness with analogies and metaphors that tie back to plant life and human life being very consistent And the true intention of the book is to inspire and to motivate, to encourage people to seize their potential and access the opportunities around them, despite the obstacles that we're facing. And I acknowledge we are all facing lots and lots of obstacles, but I do believe we have an opportunity to make incredible amounts of change.
0: Well, Marcus, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I have been a lover of all your content for a long time. And I'm so thrilled to see you become an author and to spread your message to the world. I continue to look forward to watching you just take
1: over. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you and it means a lot. Thank you so much for having me and I hope everyone listening has a beautiful day.
0: Listeners, that is a wrap. I have linked to Marcus. I have linked to his new book, How to Grow, in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 276. I have nothing to say in today's outro except that I will see you on Thursday. And as I teased last week, we will be talking about eggs. I am going to teach you so much about eggs, things you didn't even know you needed to know. Get ready. That's on Thursday. See you then. Reach out if you need me. Send me an email. Just say hi and take care.